Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 60 of the Adventure Games Podcast. I hope everybody is well. Let's get to the news and it's quite a bit of it. First, COVID-19 is still running rampant across the world and it's also having an effect on the gaming industry. Gamescom will now be digital. Narascope will also be digital and their talks will now be done on a live stream. And that will be live and Narascope will also be free for everyone to join. So you can check out the schedule in the show notes. And unfortunately, AdventureX has been cancelled for this year due to the coronavirus. In better news, still related to the COVID-19 virus, Hinterland Studios, the developers of The Long Dark, they recently had a social distancing fundraiser on Steam, and together they raised over 190,000 US dollars for the Unfoundation's COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund for the WHO. So huge congratulations to Hitran Studio and thank you again for your help at these in these difficult times. Now let's get to the games themselves. And Gar Duty and Deliver Us the Moon are coming to consoles. And they should be out on consoles now at the time of recording. Elsewhere, a new game has just been announced. It is Dordong. Dordong is a narrative adventure game in which you play as Mimi a young woman visiting the house of her recently deceased grandmother who left her letters and puzzles to solve. To do so, Mimi will revisit her childhood memories and reconnect with the little girl who marveled at everything. And a planned release date for Dodong is 2021. Next, Because Because Games has released a standalone one-location game based on its Detective Boiled Hard game. So Detective Boiled Hard Minicase has been released. And this to give us a taste of the gameplay and humour in Detective Boiled Hard, case file, Death of the Space Dino. He has presented us with a free download with a new case, new characters and a location not featured in the bigger game. In this game we ask familiar faces a bunch of dumb questions, we shoot people with a water pistol, and we left and right click on stuff. So very exciting and I look forward to checking that out as well as the main case as well. Next, there is a book, Bradley Sequel, that is set to be released. So back in 2017, Book Bradley, The World to Come was released for free on mobiles. And now, the sequel book, Bradley, The Sand and the Pyramid, will be sold commercially on PC and mobile devices next month. And next, a new game has been announced based on the Zodiac serial killer. This is the Zodiac speaking. This is a story-driven FPP mystery thriller horror with stealth and detective modes based on facts from the world-famous story of Zodiac, a never-captured American serial killer. And in this game, he plays Robert Hartnell, a San Francisco journalist who receives a phone call from the Zodiac, greeting him with the memorable, Hello, this is the Zodiac speaking. My name is Robert Hartnell. 
I'm a reporter in San Francisco. One day, I received a letter from Zodiac. He wanted to meet me at Mount Diablo. Your own time. So this game will be out on the 24th of September 2020, and you can wishlist it now on Steam. So next, Joe Kowalski Chronicles Chapter 1 Murder in a Flat has been announced, and this is a gritty neo-noir mystery, and it's heavily inspired by classic film noir and games like Blade Runner, Discworld Noir, and more recent titles such as Face Noir and Black Sad. Joe Kowalski is a third-person 3D adventure controlled entirely through point-and-click. This game is likely to be out in early 2022, but the developers are hoping to release a free prequel, which should be available sometime this year. Elsewhere, another adventure game that has been announced is Metamorphosis. This is a surreal adventure inspired by the curious imagination of Franz Kafka. And in this game, we play as Gregor, who is turned into a bug, and he sets out on an extraordinary journey to unravel the mystery of his transformation. Metamorphosis is a first-person adventure set in a surrealist world where your newfound abilities are your last and only hope for redemption. Oh, you're finally awake. Let's start. Imagine my surprise when I got information about unauthorized access to the tower. In other words, you, you little intruder. Who told you about the tower? Who told you to come here? Still presenting, you don't know. I have ways to, let's say, refresh your memory. This game is set to be released sometime later on in 2020 and will be released for PC and consoles. Now, for a more relaxing adventure, Beyond Blue has been announced and this is a single-player narrative adventure that takes you deep into our planet's beating blue heart. Explore the awesome wonder and unbounded mystery that exists within the world's ocean. Western Pacific. I'm Dr. Mirai Soto, and I'll be your eyes and ears on this expedition. I'm joined today by two colleagues. Hello, I'm Andre. And I'm Irina. First time on a live stream. Be gentle with her. That's close enough. You can use your dive water to control the boy from there. I'm scanning to train our AI to recognize sperm whales. 
and so we can hopefully recognize our specific friend later. Hello, Mariah. Thanks for checking in. Feeling settled in the sun? I'm great. Nice suit, nice sub. This solo subtest makes me nervous. We're definitely fitting it out for two pilots next time. Didn't you help design it? Yes, but now you're driving it. This game is available now for Apple Arcade, but it will be released for PC and consoles in June 2020 during the World Oceans Week. And next, very excitingly, Jacob Janerka, the developer of Paradigm, has pitched a game about Seinfeld. He released a trailer for this game to show what the vision could be. And so he did this to see the reception it would get and see if people would be interested. Have you ever wanted to be a terrible person with no consequences? Live in a nice apartment in New York and complain about the tiny little inconveniences ruining your life? Now you can with Seinfeld, the game about nothing. Play as Jerry, George, Elaine, but not Kramer. No one can control Kramer. No one. Experience for yourself what it's like to be a lovable, compulsive liar. Feel as if you were dumping beautiful women in New York for trivial reasons yourself. Entertainment Weekly says, being able to play Elaine alone is sponge-worthy. New York Times says, who needs violent video games? Being Jerry Seinfeld is the ultimate power fantasy. Hey, this is Jacob and this is Ivan over here. And uh, we made this. We'd really appreciate your help sharing this around. It really helped us prove how much people actually want this. So no news yet on when or if this game will be released, but at the time recording, it has had more than 5,000 retweets and more than 12,500 likes on his Twitter page. So uh, definitely people seem to be interested, so we'll see what happens with that. And finally, moving to Kickstarter, Chinatown Detective Agency, which is a game which is inspired by the Where in the World is San Carmen Sandiego. This has now been fully funded, and at the time recording, it's still possible to pledge to try and help them reach their stretch goals. And another game that's been announced on Kickstarter is Commander 85, which is a nostalgic sci-fi thriller and hacker simulator set in the 1980s. This game is a sci-fi thriller about a seemingly ordinary birthday present that changes the lives of the main characters forever, disturbing the sleepy peace of the Chicago suburbs. However, when the military experiments get out of control and the world faces the threat of nuclear war, you won't be alone. Together with a group of friends and a crazy scientist, you'll have to try and end the Cold War, discover the secret of the Commander computers, and find out the mysterious truth behind the Roswell incident. It's fast. It's elegant. It's dangerous. Italian. This is Maverick. Mike, Harry Poppins, or whatever you want me to call him. 
an able and diligent student. They say you haven't been to class for a few days. Usually. With a friend, out of this world, myself. I am the Commander 85 computer, equipped with the most advanced artificial intelligence. Or at least, this is what the manufacturer programmed me to say. We like to have fun together, and well, we have talent for trouble. But this time, we definitely crossed the line. So that you will learn by experience that I do not tolerate interference, I will now detonate the nuclear warheads. Darling, some government guys are looking for you. They say you're trying to start World War III? What is this crazy talk? It seems to be serious. Like really, really serious. You have to do something about it, but I'll help you. I know that you and Luke were planning to disconnect me, and I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen. This is not a movie, this is reality. You cannot hack a government agency with just one click. You need at least three of them. So you still have until May the 9th to pledge to try and make this game a possibility. And there's no real release date yet for this game, but the developers are hoping that it will be released very soon after this Kickstarter, if it's successful. So that's it for the news for this week. Hey everybody, this is Shorsha with a quick update. We were supposed to have a review episode this week, but due to scheduling conflicts, we were unable to record. So a review episode will hopefully be up in two weeks' time. But in the meantime, we will be putting our reviews on the website. So you can check those out at adventuregamespodcast.com. And instead, here is an interview I did with Peter from Xorom Studios, who made a mobile adventure poll pixel and i had a great time speaking with peter so here is our interview please enjoy thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the adventure games podcast i am here with peter from xoron gmbh hello peter how are you hello to ireland <laughs> hello germany right. Ireland calling <laughs> uh, germany 20 points, no, uh, <laughs> deuce point. <laughs> 20 points, wow, that's a, that's a record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ireland usually gets a nil point anyway in the Eurovision, so <laughs> it uh, doesn't surprise me. And actually, one of the, the hosts of the Adventure Games podcast, Laura, she does a Eurovision podcast. So we're here to talk about your game, Paul Pixel The Awakening. I'm... Very intrigued about this game. Looking forward to hearing more about this game because, um, you know, it looks really, really interesting. But first, before we talk about the game, I was wondering if you could 
introduce yourself, uh, Peter, and say what your favorite adventure games are. Hello, yeah, I'm Peter. We did this game uh, together with an external uh, guy who, who did the graphics, uh, Jens. Uh, and uh, yeah, my favorite games uh, are Manic Mansion and Zack McCracken. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, when I started uh, loving point and uh, click games. And uh, we wanted uh, to continue uh, these games. Um, so uh, it's a retro game. Uh, but uh, I also li like a lot of uh, other old point and click games like uh, Broken Sword or um, Coblins. Uh, let me think. Uh, Day of the Tentacle, of course. Yeah. Uh, the sequel to Manic Mansion and uh, Beneath the Steel Sky. Uh, I, I played this a lot uh, later, not when it came out, uh, because I like uh, pixel art games. And uh, yeah, Indiana Jones, mm -hmm. that's what uh, comes to my mind. Yes, no, there, there seems to be a timeless quality to uh, pixel art games, that they, they seem to be... That, that, that they never get old, you know, that they, they always look nice no matter what year it is, you know, 20, 30 years, people still like them, they still, the graphics still look really, you know, nice in pixel art games, like you mentioned Zach McCracken and... Uh, yeah, and all, all these games uh, came out in the last years for, for the iPhone, so... Mm, um, as well. <laughs> there's actually a market for these old uh, pixel art games. Yes, definitely. No, that's a, that's a very good point. That the, these games that come out for the iPhone in the last, I think, couple of years as well. You know, Beneath the Steel Sky, which is also free on GOG, so more people can you know uh, find out about it and play it. And um, and is is there any reason in particular that you like pixel art uh, graphics? Is you know does that appeal to you more so than say other types of two D graphics or three D? Uh, it's, it's probably my age is the reason. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I played on the C64, and uh, yeah, I, I, I like this style of art. And uh, if if I would have started gaming later, then I would probably like 3D games more. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. When but I, I think uh, also some young people are also playing pixel art games. And uh, at the time when we started developing Paul Pixel, there were not so many games uh, actually in the App Store. I always uh, searched in the App Store for pixel art games and probably installed everything that, that, that was at that time. And now there are a lot more games. Yeah, definitely. Seems to have made some sort of comeback with yeah. pixel art. And even this, uh, well, 2019, we've had uh, Detective D. Uh, we've had Guard Duty as well, which uh, was, you know, very nice uh, pixel art game as well, and several others. And so, and then the Wajidai games, of course, as well. You know, like Dave Gilbert, yeah. the Blackwell series, and, and Unavowed. These games are a bit darker, I think. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I liked uh, Techno Babylon actually, and mm -hmm. I, I talked to the developer at Adventure X in London at the fair. Can't remember the name. So 
your game actually has Pixel in the title, <laughs> Paul Pixel. <laughs> when did you start working on this game? We started working a bit before Simbleweed Park, our big competitor, <laughs> you say. And um, yeah, uh, so, so uh, I was very surprised that actually the the maker of Zach McCracken, who did the scripting for Zach McCracken, then uh, made a new game. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but uh, at least he's following uh, us now on Twitter. So. <laughs> wow, congratulations. <laughs> we, we didn't think that, think that we would uh, manage that. <laughs> oh, that, that's great. And for those who might not know, who, who, is the, who is the developer of Zach McCracken? David Fox. David Fox, yes. And, and he's also, uh, he also made uh, Timbleweed Park as well, I, I believe. Yeah. You mentioned. Yeah. Have you played Timbleweed Park yourself? Yes, I have. Yes, and uh, what what was your opinion on it? Because I know that there were some different opinions on it from different people. Uh, I, it, it took me a long time to, to play it through. I, first I started playing and then I didn't play anymore. And uh, uh, I think later on they, they made an in-game uh, in help and mm. I managed to get through the game with that. Uh, I, I think it was uh, okay. <laughs> if you now play games like Zack McCracken or Manic Mansion, they don't feel like what you remember. Because uh, when you remember Zack McCracken, it, it, it was uh, much slower at that time. For, for weeks, you played this point-and-click game or so. <laughs> and now uh, everybody wants to play through a game uh, in a few days. We tried to make Paul Pixel uh, like the game that you remember. We didn't want to actually make it uh, feel like Zack McCracken or Manic Mansion, but we wanted to make it feel like the stuff that you remember from there. <clears throat> that, that's interesting you say that because Ron Gilbert said something very similar when he spoke about Simbleweed Park because he said he wanted to make people... What, what was it he said? He wanted to make people feel uh, or to feel like they thought they remembered playing you know the old games like monkey island and day of the tentacle and manic mansion not how they exactly felt because as you mentioned as well games are very different now that there are many more games available so people want to get through games at a quick amount of time they want to get through them in a few hours or a few days but back then uh, with zach mccracken and manic mansion people had a few weeks to play through the games, yeah. but uh, but but now if people if game takes a few weeks, uh, people might then you know lose interest and go on to another game. So you started on this game as making this game was it 2014, more or less around 2014, 2015 then. Yeah, yeah. And so then as you founded this the studio Zoron then correct was it around this time that you founded the studio? No, uh, that was the company that I had before. Oh, okay. And so is this your first game that you made with the company? Yes. We, okay. We, before we made uh, um, pixel art websites. <laughs> Interesting. So you, so. you can, in the browser, you can do uh, pixel art. Okay, so you, an editor. you started off as a pixel artist and then you went on to make this game. In, no, not the pixel artist, but we... Uh, well, I programmed an editor for pixel art that works okay. in the browser. Okay, interesting. 
And um, and okay, well we can get to the game then. Paul Pixel The Awakening, uh, which um, so what can you tell us about the story of the game? Uh, yeah, it's an um, ordinary guy forced to defend the world from an alien invasion of infectious zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> Not only are they aliens, but they're infectious zombies as well. <laughs> so, um, so, no, that, I mean, that's... Yeah, Paul Pixel, Paul Pixel discovers that uh, the part of the city where he lives was put in quarantine. And, um, yeah, he needs to get out now. Okay, so he, he wants to get out from this quarantine. Uh, so is it just this part of the city that these infectious zombie aliens have invaded? Uh, no, they, they uh, turn up later uh, in different places of the game. So, so then you have to escape. You play as an ordinary guy. Did Paul... Find out about the invasion from the zombie aliens at the very beginning when they invaded, or did something happen to him before? Was he asleep or anything during the invasion? Um, he, he wakes up in a room that looks very similar to the room where Zach McCracken starts. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so first you you learn the controls and. Uh, you have to get out of the room first. <laughs> so he has to find the keys and so on. I, I think he on the TV, then he sees that uh, the alien zombies are coming. And when he gets out, then uh, he meets the first uh, zombie on okay. the street. Okay, so, when, so the first puzzle of the game is to get out of the room then, to find the keys and then to get out of the room. And so does this serve as a tutorial for the game? Yes. Okay. And uh, so then um, how did you come up with the idea for zombie aliens? Uh, how did that <laughs> idea come into your head? Because, I mean, it's one of these ideas that is so simple that it's genius that I'm like, I mean, I'm sure people have done it before, but I'm thinking, why didn't I come up with that idea? Yeah, we, we wanted to, <laughs> to, to use the most obvious uh, idea probably. Uh, at first we thought about doing... Uh, some sort of sequel to uh, Larry Laffer. Is it, or what's it called? Leisure yes, uh, Suit Larry. Leisure Suit Larry, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, but uh, we decided that uh, this is funnier to <laughs> fight against the aliens. So the, the game is uh, very uh, humorous. So, so it's we don't game. take uh, yeah, anything seriously. No, that's good because there's you know, there's not as many comedy adventure games uh, out now, certainly compared to back in the early 1990s, uh, back with LucasArts and Sierra. And um, so, uh, so yeah, so you have this, this idea with the zombie aliens that have invaded. Um, what can you tell us about some of the characters that we meet in the game? Uh, 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 yeah, that's a, a good-looking uh, blonde dumb girl. <laughs> <laughs> that you meet uh, on the beach and uh, um, uh, characters, yeah, then, then there are um, uh, people who work uh, at the pipe factory and uh, they uh, are doing um, uh, a mot what's it called, a motivation uh, that they, 
<laughs> they walk into the uh, forest uh, to get more motivation. A, a team event, sorry. Didn't get oh, that, right, right. Uh, yeah, so a motivational uh, event. So, they're uh, very, very bored uh, <laughs> to do this team event. And uh, Paul Pixel can help them. Okay, so he helps to motivate them. So, <laughs> does, uh, does, does killing the zombie aliens help with the motivation, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he uh, has to fight an antidote. And uh, uh, in the pipe factory, uh, there's part of the antidote. So he has to get into the pipe factory and, uh, yeah, <laughs> I okay. don't want to tell. Sure, sure. No, we don't tell, you know, we don't <laughs> give away the whole story. Um, but, um, okay, so that's the basic premise then. So you get out of the room, you find out of these um, zombie aliens and then you, um, <laughs> you then have to find a way to defeat them or give them an antidote then. So, um, uh, so then... Well, was there any particular inspiration for this game? So any particular? So I know you mentioned that the room looks like Zack McCracken, and that one of your favorite games was uh, Manic Mansion as well. But in terms of maybe movies as well, or TV series, or anything, was there anything that uh, inspired you to to come up with the story of this game, or are there any references to any any other games or movies that we might know in the game? Uh, yeah, we probably. There are probably a lot of uh, actually people saw more references than we actually did. So <laughs> I, I uh, read some reviews and they saw something that that we didn't actually uh, thought of. So maybe unconsciously uh, we referenced uh, action uh, films or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so um, we we didn't actually copy. Uh, uh, stuff, but uh, it, it feels like an actual. So you are hanging from a helicopter, and the zombies. Well, the zombies are hanging on the helicopter, and you have to get rid of them to to land. And uh, yeah, uh, Mario guy uh, turns up. <laughs> Super Mario. <laughs> yeah, he he's turns in the up. toilet. <laughs> okay. At an Abaddon uh, fuel station. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, okay, you know, it's, it's interesting that what you mentioned there, other people found out the references, because when I spoke with the developer of Clam Man, uh, which is another comedy game as well, and he put in some references, and the, the, one of the co-hosts for this podcast, Thomas, uh, he, said he, he said he noticed that there were references to Chinatown in that game. But then when I spoke with the developer, the developer said, actually, that was unintentional. But yeah, actually, when he heard that review, he said, yeah, actually, un, you know, subconsciously that they must have yeah. included it. So it, it's yeah, funny. Yeah, listen to that podcast. podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, th thank you. It's like you, you listen to the podcast, at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's interesting how that happens, you know, how subconsciously we put in references in the story and into, you know, in the writing as well that we reference things subconsciously that we don't mean to. So then, now you spoke about how there's, you know, zombies hanging off on uh, helicopters then as well. So this is a, is this a point and click adventure game like this, you know, games where we've mentioned Zack McCracken and Maniac Mansion? Oh, of course it's made uh, for iOS, so it's uh -huh. more a, a, a point and touch. You can't even point on uh, uh, on the iPhone, so, but, uh, uh, so we, 
had to change the interface a bit, so we optimized it for touch, and uh, we developed the engine ourselves. So this is made primarily for the iOS for the iPhone. Yeah, but you can also play it on Mac. You can uh, play it on iPod, iPad, iPhone, and on Mac. Okay. So everything Apple. So everything, everything Apple, we can we can play it. On, we actually uh, wanted uh, to release it for the Apple TV. But uh, it was rejected because uh, um, I had programmed a cursor that looked exactly like uh, in Manic Mansion. You remember this cursor with the arrows? With the yes. four arrows? Yes, yes. And, and uh, I also had the same uh, blinking, so it, it looked uh, the same. Uh, but it was rejected because uh, cursors are an old interface and they wanted to have a model Apple-like interface, oh, so okay. uh, it was not allowed. Oh, and is there any way to change it? Is there any way to make the cursor like the Apple cursor? Would that be a lot uh, more? We could do it like uh, uh, like other point-and-click games, but you wouldn't have to find for the objects. So you go just through the objects, and it would be a lot easier, but so we didn't bother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, no worries. Um, well, this cursor is not on the iPhone, obviously, only on the uh, Apple TV. Okay. And uh, and so then, what? Why did you decide to release it just for iOS? Do you have any plans to release it for Android or any other platforms in the future? Uh, the game is written in Swift, an Apple programming language, so okay, we can only release it <laughs> after it's uh, after Swift, ha uh, Swift has been ported. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so Swift probably is, not. <laughs> so Swift is only available for Apple products at the moment. Yeah. And do you know if there is any news on Swift being ported to other platforms? Uh, it was very slowly. They're working on Android versions and, and Linux, I think, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not for production use yet. Okay, so we still have to wait a while. <laughs> uh, so are there any uh, action scenes in the game then with the zombies? Are there any death scenes, any way to, to die in the game? Like, well, like no, you can't die games? in the game. Okay, so there's no way so for like, the zombies. Yeah, like the LucasArts games, you, you can't die. But there are uh, some uh, time-critical uh, 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 parts, so, but not, not, it's not an action game, no. Okay, so what, what happens in these timed uh, sections? If the timer runs out and you don't complete the objective, uh, what do you just restart then? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'll have to find out when I check out yeah, the game. Find out. <laughs> I think uh, on the Steam page it mentioned that this game would be between 2.5 to 3 hours, uh, correct? Yes. Uh, so this, that's actually you know, long enough for, for an iOS game because a lot of times uh, mobile games would be about an hour, an hour and a half. But 2.5 to 3 hours is a, is a decent, is a good length. Uh, and an adventure for you know, iOS as well. Um, do you know? If Depends how fast you are. If, if you're playing true. one... Point and click game after another, you're probably faster. True as well. So for more experienced uh, adventure game players, it might take some short, uh, shorter amount of time. Yeah, but we had uh, to include this, otherwise we would get bad reviews. 
Sure, yes. Some people expect a game to be endless, like a lot of iOS games are. Right, right, yes. So they so they keep going, and then so when there's an ending to it, people sometimes give bad reviews. I hadn't thought of that actually. Yeah, a lot of uh, people on uh, buy iOS games uh, who have never played a point-and-click uh, game, and so. Uh, they don't know that it takes as long as a movie or so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I because you know we're used to, you know, beginning, middle, and an end in you know point-and-click adventure games. But if you if you play, I don't know, Clash of the Titans or or one of these games, mentioned that they're endless and then it's an ending. Um, so did you add in this length, uh, you know, after you release the game? Or what did you add this? Uh, yeah, I think we, we added it after we got a bad review. <laughs> and that person said that, you know, oh, it's very short or it ends. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> imagine <laughs> a bad review is, oh, this game ends. <laughs> it has an ending. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, the world, world we live in. Okay, so people know, uh, know that there is an ending, but, you know, typically after 2.5, then three hours, then uh, so then what? Speaking of you know the you know the game difficulty, do you, can you remember what type of puzzles more or less are in the game? I know you mentioned that you had to help this team get to a pipe factory, but yeah, no, the most uh, uh, most puzzles are if you have an object and have to use it on something. Yeah, in the pipe factory, for example, you have to get. Uh, the fluids through pipes and you have to turn the pipes in the right direction. So there's a few mini games in the game. Okay. So a combination of both inventory puzzles and mini games. Yeah. Oh, okay. And what's the, what would be the difficulty level more or less for these games? So was, uh, very easy, I think. So we, okay. we wanted to, you, to, to do it for the, uh, iPhone generation, so uh, we uh, tested it a lot uh, and uh, took out uh, um, all puzzles which were too hard. Uh, so, so, so you wanted to make it—I mean, not easy, but for people maybe playing on the on the bus or the train. Uh, if, the way if I normally play point-and-click games. I always have uh, YouTube open and uh, <laughs> uh, have the walkthrough because uh, I never. I, I, I actually I never uh, finished a point and click game without looking through a tutorial. I think so. Um, in Paul Pixel, you can play it through. Uh, um, uh, yeah, if you're me mediocre at least. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so so the puzzles. Okay, so the puzzle shouldn't be too challenging then for you know for somebody who's never played a point and click adventure game. Yeah, they they should be so. It could be a good game then to get people started with adventure games to introduce them to adventure games. Yeah. Um. But then, then again, I suppose you know, for uh, you know, more hardcore adventure game players, um, you know, some of them might feel like, oh, but you know, you know, I want very hard puzzles. But you know, it's uh, I I I kind of prefer myself when puzzles are on the easier side or when they're more logical. <laughs> Um, but then again, in a comedy game, I think, uh, what, what do you say that some of the puzzles are, you know, logical in yeah. the game then? That's, we, the... we don't have 
I think we don't we don't have nonsense puzzles, but maybe one or two or three where, where you have uh, to try every object that you have in your inventory, and then you'll solve it, and you'll get ah okay. <laughs> right. But um, yeah. I think that's typical it's in. Not enough that that uh, you can get through the whole game, and actually. Um, when we got the first reviews, uh, we got um, a review of uh, Pocket Gamer in the UK. And uh, they also said uh, it was very good to get people into point-and-click games. And uh, um, that's why Apple featured us uh, on the homepage of the App Store, because they often do this with games that are featured in, in or get a good review from Pocket Gamer. Oh. Congratulations. So, uh, yeah, so we got um, at first, I think in, in 15 countries, we got into the top 100. So, wow, that's that's great. <laughs> that was in the first weeks, but of course, now it's uh, going down. <laughs> right. right, I mean, we I, th I think this game was released back in tw early 2017, so yeah. it was a few years ago, but uh, no, that, that's great. So, c congratulations. Out of curiosity, Dan, you mentioned that. You took out some of the puzzles that were considered more difficult. Uh, are you able to give an example of a puzzle that was removed? Or? Yeah, for example, when testing, uh, I saw that the people don't get into the alien spaceship. So um, I made a graphic on the spaceship. So if you don't get into the spaceship, just look at the spaceship. Maybe you see something. <laughs> Right, so you can you give hints that way in the game then. Yeah. Okay, and and are there any so do you have an in-game hint system then to to help people like this? No. No. But it should be easy enough then to. You can talk to the people and they always give you hints to the characters. Very nice. So yes, yeah, so it's for talk to characters again. The typical thing in adventure games: talk to everyone, look at everything, inspect everything. Yeah. Now you you mentioned as well in the Steam page that uh, that the one in interesting thing about that it has a unique interface um, where the player holds a current item in in their hand. So what can you tell us about this? You you pick up whatever the screwdriver or whatever, then you have it in your hand. <laughs> so, so you can see it then in your hand. Yeah. And but he can put it into the pocket, and of course the pocket has. Uh, Unlimited size. <laughs> I think the pocket already uh, also contains uh, things on fire. <laughs> but it doesn't affect him. It doesn't affect, uh, <laughs> it doesn't put his clothes on fire. If he gets out of uh, the pocket, then he has the wooden stick with fire. <laughs> so, no, that's interesting because usually adventure games, you don't see it that when they use objects, you don't see the, the item in their hand. They're usually invisible. Um, so what, was it difficult to program uh, this to, you know, to show the items in the player's hand? No, like, like I said, we uh, programmed the whole uh, the whole engine ourselves, so we we could. Uh, it was not that complicated. <laughs> okay, so compared to programming the engine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, now about that actually, so. Because I think one or two other people I've spoken to also did the same. They programmed the engine. And I asked other people if they would 
programmed their own engine as well. And they said, no, that uh, you need to be crazy, that they said for them it was a lot of work. Uh, but other people said yes, that they wanted full control. So what was your experience, experience like programming the engine from the start, from the beginning? took a very long time, and uh, I probably wouldn't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't do it again if you're remaking the game or if you're starting yeah, now? I don't know. The, the good thing is I could do another game now and change uh, change a lot of stuff, but uh, it's probably it's easier to use Visionary, but um, at the time I think it was not optimized for iPhone and I, I think they uh, got better now. Okay, so it's, it's, it's easier to, to make games for iOS now? Yeah, probably. But at the time, uh, it, it, uh, it, it was the easiest way to, to uh, realize Polpixel, I think. So, so did, did it take a lot of time as uh, programming this engine then? Uh, yeah, for, for, for me, that was the fun part. Oh, so okay. I, I hated the scripting part, uh, <laughs> which took a lot of testing, and you have to rerun uh, the scenes to, to make the milliseconds and uh, uh, so, so that all, everything happens at the right uh, time. Uh, but the fun part for me was the programming. Okay, so so this part this part, part was okay. my profession and uh, yeah. Okay, but then the whole scripting part was the time-consuming part. Yeah. So then, if you were to do it again now, so if you were to to make the game again, do you know what you would do differently? Would you uh, use a, an already built-in game engine or? I, I probably would uh, program an engine again, but I would program an editor with it so to make the uh, scripting easier. Now, I've never programmed an engine, so I've no idea how, uh, how it is, but I can just imagine that it, or scripting an engine as well, I can just imagine that it's, you know, it, it must be, you know, very time consuming and must be very challenging. Now, you also mentioned on the, on the Steam page and on the game page as well, that uh, the music. Now you mentioned as well that this is a retro game, similar to Zach McCracken and Maniac Mansion and games like that. So, what can you tell us on about the the music and the sound effects? Are they also, you know, retro sound effects and music, or are they modernized yeah, in any way? Uh, so the the music uses the uh, original uh, C sixty four SID uh, sound chip. But uh, of course, we, we use an uh, uh, up-to-date uh, sequencer uh, or DAW, like it's called uh, at the moment, and uh, used it uh, polyphonic. So on the C Commodore C64, you only had three voices, but uh, now the songs are, uh, we use as, as much voices as we want and with professional effects. Mm -hmm. Okay. But the sound effects uh, uh, are not uh, retro, so we used uh, ordinary samples. Okay, so the the chip sound is, as you mentioned, because you mentioned beginning that you you made the game to how people think they remember the earlier games, but 
um so so this now so you use yeah, it, it fits. <laughs> so, no but it's a great example that you use a commodore 64 chip sounds but obviously with higher quality yeah you know that if you if made you re if you remember the games from the commodore c64 you think it was really modern great music and um but if you actually listen there are some uh uh, web pages where, where you can listen to the old uh, sounds and uh, even radio stations where you can listen to that 24 hours a day and uh, it doesn't sound uh, uh, up to date anymore. <laughs> no, I, I, I can you have imagine. You very nerdy to listen to that music. <laughs> we, we, we did an, um, an up to date uh, style of these sounds. Then did you come up with uh, the theme for the game, the theme song for the game as well? Um, so I, I see here as well that so, was it somebody who came up with the theme, the main song for the game? You mean the Pixel Lover Orchestra? Yes, I believe that's who they are. Yes, I see them uh, now. The, the song is called They Want to Get Us. Okay, so there's an actual song for They Want to Get Us, which seems very appropriate for, for the zombie <laughs> aliens. <laughs> There's no singing in it, so. Oh, okay. So it's so it's just music. Okay, and yeah. who 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 are Pixel Lover Orchestra then? Are they, um, are are they German uh, uh band? Yeah, they uh, is a, a friend of mine. Oh, okay, it's a fr friend of yours. So good, but my next question was, how did you get in contact with them? But that <laughs> that answered <laughs> that question. <laughs> yeah. And how did you work together then for the team music? Did you just tell them about the game and let them work on the team? Or did you work closely with them to get the team just how you wanted it to be? Yeah, we, uh, we worked closely with them. We, we showed them uh, what we did. <laughs> did you go back and forth with, uh, no, with the team? No, it, it was uh, only after two days it was finished. <laughs> oh, wow, two <laughs> days, okay. It very long. Wow. Okay, that's <laughs> that's uh, so very efficient. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, actually, uh, professional songs don't don't take uh, a lot longer. So to compose them, it, it only takes two days, and uh, the the mixing uh, often somebody else does it. But uh, even uh, if if you listen to, uh, I I also do uh, house music, so. <laughs> Uh, okay. myself and uh, it doesn't take long to do a song okay so you do music as well yourself yeah i do uh, house music okay house. <laughs> and did you include any of that music in the game no. <laughs> you did include your own music in the game you got no. <laughs> i don't know maybe in Zachary kraken's room <laughs> yeah. it's it's uh, the quality is not good enough. I okay. didn't want to include my own uh, songs. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe was it you mentioned the Retro Arcade Boys and Eight Bit Factory. Yeah, uh, you, you they... won't find them on Spotify. Oh, you won't find them there. <laughs> there are maybe, maybe they will get famous. Is this a standalone game, or do you plan on making a series of of games? Uh, starring Paul Pixel, or maybe in this game world, or do you have any future plans yeah, when, when for this we, game? Uh, when we started it, we thought uh, of making sequels. That's why we called it The Awakening. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but now we are not sure if it's <laughs> worth our time. Uh, is it because it was a lot of work? A yeah, it was a lot of work, yeah. If people wanted uh, sequels or anything to Paul Pixel, uh, how should they get in contact with you? <laughs> oh, they can find me on Twitter. It's at uh, Paul Pixel Game. I also have a website where you can contact me at paulpixel.site.cc. Okay. Uh, I'll include those in the uh, in the show notes as well. I, for one, I, I hope that you can uh, find the time to make more games. So if, pe if people listening, if you do want more games, uh, to first of all, play the game, buy the game, and then tell everyone, write reviews. And, um, and yeah, so well, whatever you decide to do, I wish you the very best of luck in future. So Okay, thanks very much. So, no Everybody, play the game, follow us on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, thank you for the interview. No, thank you very much. You heard a man. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Okay. Bye. So that was my interview with Peter of Xorom GmbH. I hope you enjoyed it. And you can check out more about Paul Pixel at the official website. You can also buy it on iOS devices. And you can buy it on Steam for Linux. And the links are in the show notes as always. And also, you can, if you like this episode, you can help us in a number of different ways. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Adventure Games Podcast. And you can pay us the equivalent of a cup of coffee if you enjoy this show. We are an independent podcast and we pay for everything ourselves. So any help would be hugely, hugely helpful and appreciated. And if you do become a Patreon subscriber, you will also get some exclusive content, depending on the tier you choose, of course. You will get exclusive spoiler special episodes with the developers of The Walking Dead final season with Whispers of a Machine and Interrogation. And you will also get episodes, exclusive episodes with myself, Thomas, and Laura. And you also, for every tier, will also get early access to these regular episodes and every, both tiers as well will also be automatically entered for competitions which uh, which we'll be doing during the year as well so uh, you can also rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts you can write just one or two lines and you can check out the link below ratethispodcast.com forward slash adventure games podcast and that will direct you to where to wherever you can leave a review that would also be helpful and you can share a link to this podcast on different places on reddit on forums and anywhere else you visit online as well as that will be really really helpful and you can also follow us on our social media the links will be in the show notes as well so uh, that's it for this week i will be joined next week by gamechuck who are working on their new game trip the arc fantastic so until then, take care everyone, goodbye. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter 
at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a Adventure Game developer or a Adventure Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you